0: Better get used Hello, everybody, and welcome back to At the Elephants. I'm your host, Rob Morris. Got another great episode for you today. Coming a little bit late, just a couple days. Uh, I'm working super hard on a brand new TV show, which is my other job. I'm a reality TV producer. For anyone listening who doesn't know, so uh, yeah, I've been working overnight shifts. You know, uh, late into the morning, work until sunrise. So. Yeah, got a little bit behind this one, but here we are. It's a great episode. Uh, I've been waiting for a really long time to talk to my lovely friend Magdalene Vic about everything that's happened to her since she left school. Uh, she's become quite the, uh, you know, internet sensation, and we talk about that. We talk about how it came to be, how she came to feel about it, and how she comes to manage, uh, you know, this new persona. And how it's different from who she really is all that kind of stuff you know we're peeking behind the social influencer curtain here we're getting behind the uh instagram facebook pretty girl comedy thing i was fascinated by it you know it's it's a very specific kind of role it's brand new you know these people that are coming up on social media as uh, performers and comedians and musicians and it's a different vibe you know so, we talk a lot about that. We talk about the upbringing. Obviously, I always get the backstory is my, you know, the, to me, the most interesting thing because to get where someone is from gives you all the context for where they are. For me, like, I find that the most interesting part of the story. So, we do talk about that. She's from Kansas City, talk about growing up there. Um, it, this conversation's all over the place because I got to say, um, and I love it about her. Magdalene is a weirdo. She is a really cool, fun, nice, amazing, uh, beautiful weirdo, and we talk about that in the podcast as well. Uh, so she's in good company because I'm a weirdo myself, and uh, we both kind of have a little bit of uh, intense ADD about uh, conversations. But we get we, we you know we get serious, we get deep on this one. There's a lot of philosophy and a lot of uh, ways to think about how to deal with all the stuff that we go through as uh, performers and artists. So enjoy this conversation with Magdalene Vick. As always, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Podbean. Um, Follow me on social media at Rob Morris Yo. You can find information on all my different projects and podcasts and different stuff at robmorrisyo.com slash projects. Uh, You know, no further ado. Let's not dick around. Let's get right to it. The wonderful, the talented, the lovely Magdalene Vic, everybody. Yeah, we're hot. We're, we're hot. Okay. Uh, by live, I mean uh, it's being recorded into the computer, and I'm gonna edit it later. So there you go. I love that. All.
1: I know. I love um, that. Power of editing.
0: Well, and I've done I've done so many different shows. Now I did a live stream political podcast where it was like every Sunday night live, like kind of like Bill Maher, mm-hmm. and it was like everyone's accountable for what they're saying. We're on YouTube right fucking now. It's like so that's totally. a, that's awesome, yes. but in a totally different way, and not the environment I want for this at all. Yes. Um. So no worries there.
1: No, but you were going to say something. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The thing I want to ask you about is um, you have – I as I take my time putting the sentence together, I don't want you to think I'm being delicate for your feelings. I want to be right. You have one of the most interesting personalities of so many people that I've met. And I am not surprised to hear you say that people often think you're, like, intoxicated. <laughs> or inebriated in some way not that I ever did I no, didn't No, I
1: know I know I know but they're, you you're kind of wacky you I am you're kind of kooky I'm kooky
0: and I want to I want to know if that's if that goes all the way back my guess is that it does mm-hmm. and then I want to know how does that affect you as you get a little bit older and people you do know are starting to alter their personalities with substances and you're just how you are and yeah. everywhere you go people are like What's the deal? How come you're fucked up? And you're like, I'm not. This is my this quality is how of I life, am. right? Yeah.
1: Well, I just my my mo all my life, mostly when I was a kid, and now ever since I've like, you know, gotten over this the scariness of being an adult, is uh is to go back to being a child and mm. like re- like honestly, it's like such a great way to look at the world. It's like the way that a child looks at the world.
0: What do you like about that?
1: Because everything's fascinating. You know what I mean? I mean, literally everything is fascinating. That
0: sense of wonder.
1: The the wonderment, the playfulness. I mean, that's where like the joy and happiness comes from. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. And so like, I just, why not? Why not approach the world with interest, empathy, love? Um, excitement. Do people
0: come back at you uh, with like you're being naive with your, your attitude? No because I can like, get
1: real real quick.
0: Yeah tell me about that. Well that no mean?
1: that just means like. What does yeah. mean if you
0: I, I see people with sunny dispositions and truthfully a lot of times that comes from a very genuine yeah. uh, uh, happiness where they're just at peace with the world and things are great mm-hmm. and I don't want to be thrown off by that because I'm not there but at the same time when I do see that sometimes yeah. it's Bullshit. Yeah. Sometimes oh people who oh, are I all sunny and full so of much. wonderment, hate so I'm like, much. oh yeah. no, you're this is not real. No, no, no. You're no. trying to find uh, this this childhood thing instead of fully embracing. And I don't get that sense from you. So what do you think the difference is there?
1: I people are going to be ready when they're going to be ready. And mm-hmm. like, the world is a dark, dark place. It can be. For and, sure. And whatever you're going through is completely valid. That's why I can be from, I can go from seeing things in an artistic, creative point of view, which is really what I've learned that that childhood naivete or what it looks like is, is, right. you know. But, um, but the truth of the matter is you can go dark, that's why, that's why I'm an actor. Mm. Like that's the, the whole scope of it, it
0: mm-hmm. all
1: exists. If i wanted to think right now and talk to you about you know growing up and my family and all that dark shit Mm -hmm. we could go there and i Mm -hmm. could tell you some things that make me very angry and like people are like oh maggie you don't get mad
0: people i will say this um and i have some experience with it because i am not this person i'm not the person that anyone's like oh you're always in a good mood i mean anyone who knows me is like that's not fucking true but some of the people i gravitate towards the Mm -hmm. most that have become my best friends Mm -hmm. are those people that you see from a distance and you're like god damn they have like sunshine coming out their ass like they're just (laughs) really nice people and they never and you know what those people hate to be told that they never get angry and that they're never upset yeah be like oh wow you're always happy my friend wiley gets told Mm -hmm. that all the time it's maybe one of the only things that upsets him because he's like no i'm not there are times when I'm so furious yeah. and I'm not being taken seriously yeah. because I'm so happy <clears throat> of most course. of the time. You deal with that?
1: Well, yeah, and you don't wanna you yeah, you don't wanna perpetuate negative feelings. You know what I right. mean? That's that's really what it is. If if you know, like before I came here I was in a, a terrible mood. Do I want to bring that into, you know, this before you came over today? Oh of course. Right. Yeah. I you know, like I I'm struggling with some thyroid stuff, I money and all you know, all this stuff. But you have to, there's a time and a place to go through that, mm-hmm. you know. And if we want, if I, and the, the, I think the difference is pity. If you want to pity, you know, to, to be pitied. And there is a time for pity. There's mm-hmm. literally a time for everything. Right. But it's, it's kind of compartmentalizing, right. you, know, what, what the, you know, what time it is for that.
0: Yeah, for sure. You and know. prioritizing that is huge, of you know, and, and making sure that you're not letting something that really needs to be dealt with later intrude oh on your now, yes. so to speak, you know. Yes.
1: And also making sure that you do deal with it. You yeah. know, I run, I use exercises as a means of getting through, but like I, I have struggled with depression and, and all of that is very, very real stuff. But
0: we talk about that a lot on this show.
1: Oh my gosh! Oh,
0: just because first I relate, but also because it comes up constantly. I'm right. an ex artist, like uh, you know, it's, it's all the, over the, the business. The biggest
1: thing that I want to like give to the you know give to the world is that it's okay.
0: Destigmatize. It's
1: so fine. Yeah. It, and you know what? As soon as everyone just accepts that it exists and it sucks, mm-hmm. then we can help each other and also just know that it's like everyone's dealing with it right and And you know what
0: else helped me to deal with depression um when I was a kid I was diagnosed with chronic depression when I was Mm -hmm. 10 which is pretty young to say that a kid is going to be sad for for the rest of his life because that's what that sentence sounds like it's like hey you're super sad inherently it's Mm -hmm. who you are
1: it's also because you're extremely smart
0: Right. That's another thing. And that's – no, they told me that then. They're yeah. like, your IQ is really high. Yes. That's really common to also be, uh, you know, a yeah. correlation with depression. The more depression. You know, the heavier it is. Exactly. And so like – but what I didn't like about that, and I lived with it for probably another 15 years, was this idea in my head that I have this illness called depression that I'm constantly at battle with, and I have to be making sure that I'm always coping with it. I'm always making the right choices and all that. And I, I, I don't think that's true. And the more research that I've read lately suggests that it chronic depression is not – we shouldn't look at it in the same way that we have, the idea that it's some chemical part. Like your brain is broken and you'll always be depressed. It doesn't actually work that way. No,
1: nothing in our body works, uh, works permanently the same way as it did yesterday.
0: Exactly right. There's a constant evolution. And not only that – telling ourselves that we're broken in a certain way actually keeps us from mending those parts of our brain Mm -hmm. so if we're telling our brain you're always gonna be at like negative three sad points so you always have to work against that Mm -hmm. you're already minus three in everything you do Mm -hmm. and you can actually just be like no you're at zero or no you're at plus three everything you do Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. those things you tell yourself actually pay off more Mm -hmm. than what the doctor may tell you is how you are forever like yeah
1: I mean the chemical imbalances are real
0: of it's course, a real thing, but for the way sure. That we but deal they're not with permanent. It is, exactly. They're not permanent, yeah. and I really thought they were. I thought when I was ten years old, I was gonna have to spend the rest of my life being sad. hmm And it just it just doesn't work that now, way. Did you
1: take anything for it?
0: Oh yeah, for a long time.
1: And not anymore.
0: No, 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 no. I um I moved pretty hard off of uh my ADD medication and antidepressants onto pot when I was like twenty, mm. and um. I've never gone back. I never will. I, I I'm That's not amazing. a fan of pharmaceutical yeah. um, mood alterers.
1: I I mean I honestly for me for me I I used it. I was on I think Celexa for that was mine. I for about a year. It was like an anti-anxiety anti. Yeah, I
0: took it for like seven years.
1: Loved it. it yeah, really helped. Sure, me. it helped me a shit ton at at a time when I needed it. But mm-hmm. then you know I found a healthy relationship and. And uh, someone that constantly brings joy into my life and and then I'm like, "Oh, okay, but there are some people that literally need to be on it. I mean, they're sure, no, sure. I
0: totally when I say speak about my aversion, it's purely personal. It's yeah. not um it's not a prescriptive for anyone else. But I will say that I think that anything in that regard is temporary. And um like any drug you take, mm-hmm. it's short term, and it's a short term solution. You know, um, what you needed was either that relationship or more specifically, I would say, whatever that relationship brought you that you didn't have before, even if it doesn't come in a relationship or it comes with a a job or a hobby or a what or a family, whatever it is that you're working on that brings you that thing that you were missing, because I really think that's what it is. I think anyone who's dealt with depression can can relate to the fact that it feels like emptiness. It feels like a lack of it feels Mm. like. I never feel like I'm sad and I have more than I could want. You know, it's like, no, I'm sad because there's something missing. That's what feels like part of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's your soul speaking to you. It's just really, really trying to figure out what that is.
1: Yeah. And if you're
0: banging your head against the wall trying to get something to solve that problem, maybe look at something else. You know what I mean? You're like, God, I've been working hard in my career for Mm -hmm. 10 years. It just doesn't make me happy. It's like, well, maybe the way you're doing it or even just the career being your main focus is the problem.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. I also think you could be tired. Yeah. I think people don't sleep enough. People don't sleep and and it translates into into your mood. And then you think something is wrong. And mm-hmm. then you start analyzing and picking out. And
0: diet. There's so many of those every, things. exactly.
1: And and then you're like, well, what am I, you know, what's wrong? I, I I didn't do this. I didn't get that. They didn't call me. And then you realize, oh, just eat a fucking burger, man. Right. <laughs> and then you're like, wait a second. Right. I'm fine. Yeah. I can have a productive day. I mean, like when I was, I've struggled with eating disorders and all that shit. And, um. In 2016, I, like, I was, like, sick all the time. I was sad all the time. And it was literally because I wasn't eating. Mm-hmm. And then I would, like, eat a meal. And I'm like, Mom, I feel great. What's, right. But this is crazy what nutrition can do. Duh.
0: Yeah. It's it's all – and that's the thing that I think. You know, so I'm growing my own weed now. That's my new – Oh, my new, God, that's awesome. Yeah, that's my new thing. <laughs>
1: I'll and hook you and my boyfriend up. They <laughs>
0: are so uh, – that sounds great for lots of reasons. But the – the the thing about it that i love is that it is constant attention and it's constantly paying attention to all these different elements that are at play
1: outside of your head exactly
0: and it's like i have to worry about each one is a different strain that i'm growing right now so they're all different cool they grow differently they have different um nutrient needs and you can see what's going on in the leaves and, and so it's like the idea that I'm doing all that diagnosis mm-hmm. on this plant to try to really make sure that it's healthy, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I be doing the same thing for myself? And why wouldn't other people be do- treating it exactly that way? Which is like, oh, look, here's a result. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Like, oh, the leaves are yellow. Well, maybe the leaves are yellow It's you being tired all the time. And it's not just your brain is oh my broken. Gosh, totally. But it's like maybe the nutrients are off. Maybe the pH balance in the water is not right or Isn't what- whatever. Isn't that nice
1: to, like, to think that way? And yeah. then to do a little research now that we have Google and yeah. all this stuff and, and figure it out and, and try stuff, fail right. at stuff. It's okay to try and fail. And also, you know, I think that we need to, in a, in a different, taking this conversation on a different strand, you are, you're doing all this stuff for your, your weed plants, right? Yeah. Well, who's to say that you are not the most incredible farmer now you know what I mean like just think about that for a moment I know it's it's kind of a stretch because there's so many farmers in the world fuck it who cares like you and your life and your happiness and your your idea of success and you're focused on stuff you you hold yourself accountable you're proud of it you take care of it who's to say that that right there is not enormous success
0: it is I think I agree. And exactly. I think and I think what's even more important is to be judging yourself against yourself and not against everybody else. Right. Which is like how good of a farmer was I 2 years ago? Garbage. I didn't know anything. I yeah. literally didn't know anything. Now I know more than I did. How good of a podcaster was I 10 years ago? Exactly. I wasn't one. Even 5 years ago when I started this show. I listened to my one of my first interviews the other day just because I actually I was with um, Megan Stanky oh, and yeah. I interviewed her years ago. So I listened to the old one just to kind of refresh myself right. of what we talked about. What a difference in my work on that. You yeah, know, in the way maybe, I was conducting exactly. the interview. And, and
1: every step yeah. is exactly where you should be. Right, and measuring and feel, myself
0: against like, you know, Joe Rogan or Mark uh, Marin or Ira Glass or someone else that I look up to yes. is so foolish because it's like, first of all, they're 20 years ahead. So let's consider that. And then the other thing is like, it just doesn't matter. Right. Like and every... no one's gonna
1: have your voice. Exactly. Except for you. That I'll was never one of the sound best like them. i will never Henry sound like Ever me. said. Yeah. And I put a little pitch in there. Uh, and no one. You. You compete against no one to be your, the better you. Right. You know. You are the best you. Right. And that's it. And I, and like, you just. I. I don't know. School was great, but being out of school, I have really just like embraced all of all of me, all different facets and just been okay with my process, mm-hmm. where I'm at, we you know, and and it's it's fine, you know what I mean? And totally. it's it's really a level of where your success meter is, where your happiness is, you know?
0: Where your focus is in that way, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um I don't think I've ever talked for twenty minutes without asking my first question, but oh I'm not God. mad about it at all. No, this is there's no structure to this show mostly because no one listens to it so um <laughs> that's why that's oh why the stakes are low so um no my first question is always the same which is where are you from
1: where am i from where are you from uh kansas city missouri born yes. and raised no i was born in charleston west virginia and at the tender age of three my mom Packed all of us kids up, and we went on a road trip to Kansas City. Didn't realize that that was synonymous with a divorce, but it was. God, was like, that's what? how
0: it was explained to you? Oh, well, it, I mean, so the you remember. I you were I literally
1: three. see – I remember seeing my dad and giving him flowers and being like, ah, why are we giving dad flowers? Oh, this is fun. And then, like, listening to, like, Bonnie Raitt and Melissa Etheridge and the band with my mom and my brother and my you sister. You gave your
0: dad flowers on the way out of town as, like, a we're moving away thing? Yeah. That's interesting to me. That seems like a strange consolation.
1: Well, I, I don't know if you know
0: any more about that. It just strikes me as kind of an odd thing to do. Of all the things you could do, would be here with some flowers. We'll see you later. Well,
1: that was my memory. I mean, it's interesting. It's. it's yeah. I place
0: no judgment on it. No, not at all. That's just so, that's so <laughs> strange three,
1: to me. I didn't know. No, I know. not mean, even um, you. I
0: mean, you or your family or anything. I just right. mean like that's, that's so strange. Well, to me for there's some a reason, lovely
1: relationship between my mom and my dad, even though there is you know That's conflict good. and i think you know we just wanted to to say goodbye
0: yeah for sure no it's very sweet for sure mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that yeah. there's definitely some positive um connotation there just it struck me as somewhat odd but um so you moved to Kansas City with your mom and your mm-hmm. brother right and yeah, my sister so you at uh, your three the mm-hmm. three of you mm-hmm. are you in the middle no. <laughs> she says with a very specific point of view.
1: <laughs> no. Where are you in that layout? You, Rob, you think I'm a middle child? Come on. That doesn't mean
0: anything to me. I, I don't know what middle child means. You're an only, right? No, I have an older sister who's nine years older than me. Oh, okay. So So you're, I'm,
1: you, so you're an only, right? I'm
0: a half only child, <laughs> is what I always say, because I grew Got up it. kind of not, you know. Right. But she was around. She yeah. was around.
1: No, I'm. I am the youngest. I am the baby. Got it. I am the baby. Yeah.
0: Was that dynamic that people, I feel like that stereotype, was that part of who you were? Were you like always trying to get the attention uh, and stuff? No, not really. Were you the it favorite?
1: Was, it, uh, I like to think I was the favorite.
0: I mean, you know, I everyone knows by I this point no, in their life. I don't know.
1: I mean, not. I'm definitely not the favorite anymore. I'm like all the way on the West Coast by myself, you know, my family's all together on the East Coast. Um, but yeah, it was actually really funny because my brother's eight years older, my sister's five years older, so they had each other they were like three years apart. They had each other, they, you know. So my mom and I, being that she was, you know, single now, Mm -hmm. I was like her like best friend. Right, right. And so we would call my older siblings, we would call them the kids would be like, what are the kids doing, Mom? Right, I right. Know. I was never part of that.
0: That's cute. Yeah. That's a really cute, like, little bonding thing <laughs> for you guys.
1: <laughs> I don't know if it was the most healthy, but now it is. Now it's much better. Maybe. I don't
0: necessarily think, I can't think of anything off the bat that's super wrong with that. It seems just like a cute um, thing.
1: Well, when my mom tried to get a boyfriend, I basically stopped that every step of the way.
0: Oh, and that was like a full stop for you, which was probably hard to deal oh,
1: with. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, ew,
0: all of a sudden, mom's gone no. with a guy. That was
1: th- no, no, that didn't happen. Beep beep. I would be in like th- she would take me on a double date. I'd be like honking the horn, waiting for them to stop kissing. Just
0: trying to ruin it at oh, every single. Oh, Oh, I did that oh, too. Oh,
1: Rob, I I once wrote a list of reasons why I hated her boyfriend it was like 77 reasons why i hate it. and i just wrote it wrote it wrote it and then i crumpled all the paper up and i put it in a trash can in my mom's bathroom
0: <laughs> so she <laughs> so uh, like in hopes that she'd find yes. it yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she did do you remember
0: do you remember any of the reasons
1: oh god uh, he called me mag once uh, he like was Which
0: you have a fair number of nicknames, but that's on the no-no no, list. No, that's,
1: Mag is definitely on the no-no <laughs> list. Uh,
0: she does sound a hundred. Mag, Mag sounds a hundred right? years yeah, old. Yeah, and it
1: also sounds like a like a he-she. <laughs> like, like, it was not, I was not down with that. Uh, I don't remember anything else. I mean, he was, he was just gross. Just remember him just being gross. We,
0: Do you think there's a chance that if totally out of context, you like saw that exact same person now, you'd be like, oh, he's fine.
1: I think I'd feel sorry for him. Really? Yeah.
0: Why? Why? What would make you feel sorry for him?
1: Well, because he just kind of like dopey, like, you know, just like bo ba do bo How old were you when you knew this
0: dude and, oh, and God. made I, this I'm list?
1: way too old to probably. It was, uh, I don't know. It was you were younger,
0: like 17, 18.
1: <laughs> probably like 14.
0: Nice. Enough to be super mean. Oh, man.
1: I was so mean to all my mom's boyfriends. I don't know. My mom is now married. I was going to say, did she ever get remarried? Congratulations to her. Did
0: you have to leave town? How did that happen?
1: Basically, yeah. I went to college. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's funny. Yeah. It was was a tough separation between me and my mom, but. I'm I'm really proud of her current husband for you. Know. How did
0: she deal with all of your bullshit? Like making it so hard. Was she patient oh. and like oh she's going through a hard time, no, her I, dad? I feel or really. was she like Magdalene? If you want fucking stop messing with these guys. No,
1: she actually I think she kinda liked it. You know, I mean I'm a daughter. You're being protective. She, lo- she loves right. me. For sure. Yeah. I mean Do
0: you guys fight and stuff, or were you and mom like oh, never no, no. nothing wrong? I
1: my speaking of my temper. Sure. Oh. It was hot when I was a kid. It was yeah. fire. I knew all the right things to say. Yeah, it was bad.
0: What do you mean, all the right things to say to like piss them off? Oh yeah. And you like to provoke people. Oh yeah. Are you still like that?
1: I have tried to work through it. That's why I came the out here. Gentleness alone.
0: that sounds a little forced in your voice. <laughs> Very sweet but a little no, forced it's I've like, I've I have tried. I really
1: <laughs> honestly Rob moving to LA by myself when did you do that? 2010? Uh, no, 2012. 2010, I came out here for the first time, but 2012 is when I made...
0: Did a couple years in New York?
1: Yeah, I did. Got it. Like, it. two and a half, yeah. Um, But, yeah, when I came out here, it really forced me to, like, live my own life and yeah. and separate the excuse of, oh, you should make me happy. Oh, you... like. When you really start to take responsibility for your own life, mm-hmm. you can't be mad at anyone else. Yeah. Your life is your life. That's true. And like, I feel like a lot of times when you're close to your family, you can blame them easily. Or maybe that's just the immaturity of being young. No,
0: I'll tell I'll tell you what I think that is because I think you're totally right. And I think it all depends on kind of one thing. It depends on how much responsibility is put on you when you're younger in that family. And I'll tell you why. Because... I think everybody feels that way unless they're the one who has to take care of everybody or less than the one who's always cleaning up after everybody's shit. Because if you experience that younger, you don't put the blame on them. You tend to find a way to put it on yourself. Mm. Or I think you just realize further along the way that you can't be responsible for anybody else's happiness and all you can really do is Well, and
1: that they're not responsible for your happiness.
0: Oh, of course, because you know if they were and they knew it, they'd be trying harder you know what I mean because and that's what I mean is like I think because I think about people I know who were the younger sibling and I was the younger sibling mm-hmm. but I also like I I was an only child in a lot of ways mm-hmm. I had a lot of personal responsibility I spent a lot of time alone as a kid like younger than when other kids were allowed to be like home alone I was allowed to be home alone really young Wow and um, because I was a response I, I didn't you know break rules and get in trouble I wasn't a fuck up, I would just so. be
1: scared
0: no, that wasn't an element for me. I I was never a scared child, almost ever. Like, I just was not a fear for fear, fearful uh, young man in any way. I kind of, and in, like, a dangerous way. And, like, everywhere I went, I thought everything was going to be fine. And then if wow. it did get dangerous, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I was shit. not cautious. I was like, wow. let's jump all the way. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, foolish. Um, but that being said, I I do understand what you mean. It's like you want to that personal responsibility thing that you're talking about when you realize that you got to own yourself, take care of yourself and that doesn't that doesn't just mean paying the bills, taking out the trash. That means all the stuff we started this conversation on, right? Your diet, your choices, your focus, mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. becomes your own thing. Most importantly, your happiness, your mm-hmm. feelings are mm-hmm. all your own. And you can't be like, "Oh, this other person is why I'm not happy." This other person. And I think yeah, if if you're forced to take a personal responsibility when you're younger in different ways, like caring for maybe a a sick family member or, or babies, I grew up with some babies and having to take care of them, being responsible for them. You, you, you get a little bit more outside of yourself. Uh, You get, you get like a little head start, but you still got to get out into the world to get the full grasp of what you're talking about. I only say that to relate to it in that I feel like, I never blamed other people for my lack of happiness as far as like what they did. It was who wasn't there. That was more commonly a thing that I would reach for. And it mm-hmm. would be like, I'm sad because this person's not in my life anymore. Or mm-hmm. I'm sad because, um, you know, this person moved away or this person died or mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. those things would mm-hmm. like. And I'd be like, that's why I'm sad. I don't know how so to be happy sad, without that.
1: And then I got angry. Yeah, maybe. That's I mean, that's. I was an angry child. But yeah, you, I mean, for when sure. You think about no, I was
0: not an angry child at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I was happy, but also like you know how sure your, your
0: your bad moments were angry moments, not sad moments, as exactly. much. Totally exactly. Totally understand. My yeah, I'm exactly the opposite. Yeah. My childhood moments, I think of the dark times, super sad, crying, yeah. cuddling my dog, oh, depressed, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's... but like yelling at things. Yeah. No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't hit things. I didn't scream. Scratch. I didn't yell. I didn't hit. I didn't know. That stuff was the opposite. Mm. I was—you're the kind of kid I was terrified of.
1: <laughs> I would punch your stomach on the playground.
0: I got in fights. <laughs> I didn't get in fights, but I tell me too. about yours.
1: No, I—I I, you I remember. I remember. Just like I was like one of the guys. Yeah. You know, I just like, you know, punch people in the stomach, and it was like a thing. I don't know why you do that when you're younger, but you're on the playground, and you just—the
0: only one that I remember, it. and I—I. I, I don't even really remember this. It's one of those things where, like, you think you remember, but you really remember the stories people told you more than you remember your own memory. Right. So this is one of those. When I was, like, probably six or seven, we had this big two-story house, and the bottom floor, you could run all the way around. You know what I mean? The way the rooms were set up, it was like there was a big circular around the house area. You could go through the kitchen, into the living room, into the dining room, and back into the kitchen and i would just run in circles when i had lots of energy. and one of the <laughs> I things i still do that oh, today. i don't doubt that at all. i got a big place here i do the same thing. i'm like i haven't got my steps in, i'll just walk around my yeah. own apartment. so what i don't do anymore, which i did as a kid, was i found out that the linoleum floors brand new house linoleum floors were slick and i used to like to slide on my socks. Mm. not a great idea. here's an even worse idea. i used to take a pillow and run and like dive on the pillow oh, like yeah. a bobsled mm-hmm. or like really it was like what's that one in the olympics where you go on face for skeleton right that oh. they did for a minute in the winter yeah, olympics you go down like it's like luge Ooh. face first it was like why is oh, that a thing God, it looks so sad. dangerous oh, God. well i was like doing the inverted luge skeleton on my kitchen floor like just running around die- i called it like the superman game oh, i would run around and then i would like slide oh. on the floor and then run around and slide on the floor but one time It's hard to explain, but imagine you're on that face first, right? And you get the pillow. Mm. I missed the pillow, and my Mm. face just hit the floor. Oh, God. Knocked out my front two teeth.
1: Oh, God. I was,
0: like, seven. Oh, man. They rushed me to the, like, emergency room. One of them, gone. The other one, dangling by a (laughs) nerve. My mom is shoving the other. She's in the backseat with me trying to shove the other tooth into the gum to save it. We get to the emergency room or emergency dentist or wherever the fuck we went. They saved the tooth. They saved the one that was dangling by a nerve that my mom's shoving into my head. And they're like, they get in there and they fix it and it's all good. And they're like, just be careful. And he's cool. I go to school like the next day. And I get in some little scuff with this kid and he punches me in the face. Knocked my tooth out that they saved. Not angry that I'd been punched. As much as I was angry, that I thought, here's how I thought. I I remember specifically (laughs) thinking about this this way, especially later, and it's been pressed into my memory. Like this is the kind of fucking kid I was. I wasn't like, you hit me, fuck you, kid, I'm gonna hit you back. That wasn't the thought process. That was, do you know how hard my mom worked to try to save that tooth? Like, the family was very upset that this happened and oh the only saving God. grace seemed to be that i saved the other tooth and you just knocked the other tooth out of my i'm gonna be in so much fucking trouble when i get home that's what i thought oh
1: my God, i got hit so in the face adorable. and i'm like oh
0: i'm gonna be in trouble oh like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was my reaction oh so my i immediately God. just full stop gut punch this kid he goes down i go to the principal's office my parents show up and like every other fight i ever got in in school my dad's like what happened you're good. Get in the car. Don't worry about it. That kid's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> like...
1: that kid's an asshole.
0: But it's so funny that, like, even then, even the moments when I've been violent, it wasn't out of, like, that animalistic, sure. primal,
1: Yeah. you hit me, I...
0: It's like, yeah. I've, n- I've never been that kind of person. I don't get primal. I get, like, very quickly intellectual, and I figure out the consequences, Ooh. and then I'm like, oh, no, we got to deal with it this way. Uh, and I'm fascinated by it. It sounds like you're a little bit more primal. Like, you I'm feel little... it, and you're, like, instinctual. You, you like, you act oh, quickly, or I do you think to, I And
1: mean, I used to pinch.
0: You're a pincher? I was
1: at, when I, growing up, my poor sister, I was a God, pincher. I would have hated you. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> I was a good pincher, too. Get that nail in there a little I bit. I feel
0: like I would have grown up with you and been like, you know, you know that girl Magdalene at school? She's, like, so cute, but she's so
1: mean. Why is she so mean? Yeah, I know. And <laughs> I, I think I've worked really hard to, like, not be... Mean. I think sometimes I still like, you know, be like, you know, like talk about. But I'm
0: sure it was also playful for you. It wasn't like you were pinching just to hurt people. No, totally. It was like that was well, your way of trying to have fun. that's how you grow
1: up when you're right. when you're a kid. You, right. You need your siblings to like learn the the boundaries.
0: Right. You know, and for sure, and the limits of things. And I think it was because my older sister kind of attacked me a lot. Like yeah. not in a terrible abusive way, but in a typical older sister way. She would, you know, hold me down or tickle me or pop my toes or do oh, like yeah. little painful, stupid things. And then when I got older, I was like, I don't want to play that game, guys. Yeah. Like someone would come and like slug me in the arm and I'd be like, dude, don't hit me. What's the deal? Why are we hitting each other? I don't get yeah. that. I got my ass beat my whole young life. Oh, God, like I don't I need to get older and be like, oh, it's fun for us to flick each other in the nuts. I mean, like, let's, no. I, I
1: didn't really. I wasn't like in high school like that. But um, But yeah, I did a lot of like. I, I my music teacher once called me the diamond in the rough in front of class and what does that I, mean? It was, um,
0: That's both a compliment and an insult. in it a way was,
1: it was terrifying, especially coming from your music teacher, male or like female. Male. And Ooh, like, I don't like that. It was really uncomfortable, and like everyone would be like, "Ooh, there's a diamond in the rough? Oh a diamond shit!" In the rough. And like it, it's like stuck. Oh, it no, it. I made him pay.
0: What happened?
1: Oh, it. I I would I basically like tormented him in uh, in grade school with my best friend. We would like call him at home and prank him and then like look at him in the hallway and like run away and like like honestly, I we really there was a point when I think I was I was actually called into the principal's office for terrorizing my music teacher.
0: How old were you when he said that about you? Uh Oh god, 10 maybe. Do you think there was anything predatory
1: about it? I don't know. Is I it, think What I, was the context? Exactly. I well, it, you know, it, we we were I was giving getting an award for like best singer of the week or uh-huh. something. Um I think I felt it actually. I feel like I did feel it was something weird.
0: And that matters a lot is is how you felt. That's yeah. what's most important. But, but I don't at the think same it was time, curious, it I was able to articulate it when I was younger. But what's the rough? Like, okay, the di- obviously when someone says diamond in the rough, it's like you're the pretty thing surrounded by all the ugly things. That's what that means to me. Yeah. Or you're the unfound, unseen pretty thing. Yeah, the, and so, the
1: voice. The You know, I had a good voice. But what's
0: the it, rough, it which is like you –
1: Like I had Everyone the pretty, else was a shitty yeah, singer and you were so. good? I all guess right. so. I, I suppose But yeah I mean that's a good point That's a good point It made me uncomfortable and I made him pay for it
0: I think that one of the things that I love about doing this show And doing other ones where I, we go back and like talk about things That maybe we haven't thought about in a while Is I think that I just saw Do you watch the show Barry with I, Bill Hader? I don't it's
1: too close to home I had an acting teacher out here that was like that And I, I I could I can't
0: That was like Henry Winkler? Yeah Gotcha okay um, the show's tremendous um, I know I really, feel very like good. I should watch I'm not, it I'm not again. saying watch it if you don't want to watch it it's totally fine all I'm saying is there the the female character on that show with Bill Hader is she's so good the actor the character is terrible like mm-hmm. you hate her mm-hmm. like she's just the worst, most annoying version of that like person trying to be an actor and I say that not trying to be patronizing mm-hmm. but I mean like everything she says like oh my god you're so naive to mm-hmm. how this works mm-hmm. it's written that way mm-hmm. but One of the things they recently explored, which I loved, which was she, they were all writing scenes from their memory for class. Mm -hmm. So it was like something from Mm -hmm. their personal life. Mm -hmm. They're going to write it out, act it out with a partner. And she writes a scene about her leaving her ex who used to hit her. And she writes a scene out and she tells the story to Bill Hader and to Henry Winkler and the class, all that stuff. She's working on the scene. She goes and she calls her best friend or sister or something like that. And she's like, I want to touch base with someone who was in contact with me then, run the story by you, blah, 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 blah. And basically what you find out is she's kind of rewritten the story for herself. Mm -hmm. That's not really how it happened. Mm. And she eventually has a breakdown and she's like, this isn't at all how it happened. I never said that to him. I didn't have the balls to say it to him. Mm. I wish I'd had. Mm -hmm. But this is like how I wish it would have gone. It's such a departure from reality. And she didn't even realize it Mm. until someone was like, honey no that is not what happened mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure you wish you left him like that but mm-hmm. you did not mm-hmm. it's like after he would hit her he had this big she had this big moment where she's like i shoved his face i'm like you never hit me again and i left and it's like no i like i like comforted him i like you know i, mm-hmm. I felt bad for him mm-hmm. because he was upset that was mm-hmm. our dynamic mm-hmm. it was fucked up mm-hmm. and i think we do that all the time mm, I think we sure. rewrite scenes in our history the way that we want to see them mm-hmm. and especially if no one else was fucking there then we really start rewriting shit because we want it to go down the way we thought mm-hmm. and we tell ourselves that story well, enough times and you start I mean, living in that reality sure
1: if it helps you right because if it doesn't help why do it I, I mean, but I don't
0: know if it's helpful that's what I'm saying is I, th- I think that like well,
1: I think you you tell yourselves stories to be helpful to be helpful because it, for some reason it helps you live the next day.
0: Yeah, but but I think that's like saying <clears throat> I think that's like saying I take a you know a shot of whiskey every night because it's helpful. It's like yeah, well, but it's may not be the most in, you know it may put sure, you to sleep that not, night, but it may not be the long term solution. Right. I
1: don't think I mean I don't know if people are doing it on purpose. I no, I they're I not doing it, it on purpose. It on that's
0: purpose. my point. My point is that most of the time it isn't intentional. Mm-hmm. We unintentionally. Are dishonest with ourselves, and then we tell the story about what our past is mm-hmm. to ourselves. And it's like that's not really who you are. And I think it might be more beneficial if we were more honest. That's all I'm saying. And I don't think you have the chance to be honest with yourself until you revisit those events and mm-hmm. go through what really actually happened, mm-hmm. with a like sounding board of some kind, whether that's a therapist sure, yeah. or a friend oh, I or love family.
1: Therapy is the So do
0: I. Um, if I could afford it, I probably wouldn't do this uh, or stand up. But um, you know, those are the cheaper versions. <clears throat> um yeah but i i find that happens all the time i i was i
1: specifically wrote a story of this the this boyfriend i had at the time in new york like i rewrote him coming home from his trip to sudan i remember like in my journal like he came back and it was just terrible basically it was over but instead i like rewrote it to be like Oh, you know, I met him at the airport, and then we this, and then, you know. And like it was, you
0: physically wrote it down?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I wanted to feel better about it. Or, like, I'm not sure, I'm not really sure if I wrote it in the perspective of, like, what I, yeah. I, I actually think I wrote it the way I wanted it to be. Like, he came mm-hmm. back, and we, like, hugged and kissed and, you know, went on and went to the beach and did all this and all that stuff. Positive, positive, positive. Where mm-hmm. in reality he came back and it was just terrible.
0: What do you think you got out of that?
1: A uh, temporary relief, but it didn't change. It didn't change. Like I didn't actually think it was okay. I was gonna
0: say, did you? Did it become part of your no. reality where you no. thought that's what really happened? No,
1: but well, that's good. It helped. How so? Because you, when you tell, ta- when you create a story as like an artist, when you like mm-hmm. create a story and you're really able to take yourself out of it make it the way you want I knew I was creating a story but it was it was alleviating naturally the Mm -hmm. pain right you know and I was able to see the character that I wanted it to be and you know the emotions that I wanted it to be and the circumstances that I wanted it to be if
0: you were an objective audience to both of those versions of the same story which one do you think you would enjoy watching more
1: oh the heartbreak for sure
0: you think that's the more interesting story
1: oh for sure because but, because the the outcome is that you know i've succeeded and now i've found real love you know what i mean um that
0: sounded like ironic a little bit in a way or like or like i don't know the way that you said that sounded like you didn't mean it sincerely
1: Oh, no, the, I, I, I meant like it sounds like a movie, you know, because when oh, you're Oh, I see, I looking, see, you're falling
0: into that, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah If that if, scenario. If, if someone
1: wants to hear a story, they want to hear someone going through troubled oh, times totally. and then coming out on the end.
0: Absolutely. You know what For I mean? For sure, the conflict.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think mental health-wise, there mm-hmm. are so many weird, amazing, creative tricks that we can play on ourselves to help our cognitive mental health
0: I think that's probably true I guess I in that context the thing that worries me and this is again I always have to bring it back to how I would deal with it or how that would affect me if I were to do that because I feel like that would be a slippery slope to me because that exact mind game on Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. has what that's what has allowed me to be uh, unfaithful to people that I've been with in the past Uh, like when I was younger and I would sleep with somebody else while I was in a relationship. I would rationalize how that was okay based on this, There's that, no or the rationalization, other. There's I know, but what I'm saying is I would retell myself a different story of like, oh, this is how this person treated me, or this is what well, happened, so now I'm allowed. Dangerous. I know, but that's what I'm saying is like when but you start telling yourself these stories that aren't true, it can be dangerous if you don't have a really good grasp on if what's real. If you go real.
1: and watch Endgame, you're sure. not going to actually come come back and think that it's real sure like you you really allowed to believe whatever you want to believe
0: sure because everything in it is fictional
1: everything in life is your story you literally can create your own story you can be intellectual you can be unintellectual you can you can be you know think that the world is flat no i mean honestly we know but there are people out there that believe the world is flat they have chosen that.
0: Yeah, but they're wrong. Isn't that important?
1: Yes. <laughs> but we think because
0: that- like we need to make sure that the people who are in charge of like science don't think that.
1: Exactly. I of course. Right. But you're not gonna stop them, and that they, they have. They are literally sure. individuals that have like. You no, know, we like, got to get
0: the next generation. <laughs> like we've, right, we've lost them right. already.
1: Yeah, but but you're not gonna. Some people are beyond change or reason or reason yeah and um and so i think you have to be careful about what story you tell but that i mean we're actors i'm if i'm studying you know a a really dark demon world of of i don't know virginia wolf was actually stuck by a demon and like and then i take that on am i gonna start believing in that stuff that's a slippery slope
0: Sure, but, what, I'm, but I, what I was suggesting before is a little bit different because comparing, like, a false reality about my own life that I've generated is not exactly the same as getting caught up in a world of pure fiction that's totally no, unrelated. but, but
1: what, it's all subjective. Like,
0: right, but I'm saying it's so much easier to believe the lies that we tell ourselves than to get c- confused by some thing a, someone else has made up. If it's a healthy
1: up. relationship, if it is something that is actually worth it, you're, you're not going to do it.
0: Right, so you're saying that if you are doing it, that that's usually a good sign that absolutely. something's not working. Absolutely, if you're rewriting any of your own history in the moment as yes. it's happening. Yeah. Okay, I think we absolutely agree on the same. page Absolutely,
1: there. I mean, like yesterday, it was so. It was I had a very interesting thing. So this, like, I I know actually I'm a good friend with um, the editor of a very huge newspaper Mm -hmm. and he was in town and he i mean very important honestly probably could like hold the world in his hands and be like oh i want to talk to you and like get them on the phone sure and i met him in new york and he's been kind of like a mentor to me and and so he was here for a couple days and like first night apparently he fell asleep when we were supposed to meet and then but in my head of course he didn't fall Sleepy. He just didn't care about me. Oh, he was doing something sure. better. He would. He didn't want to see me. There were too many things, sure. all these things, and I was creating this story. Okay, that was night one. Night two, I'm like, okay. Your, your
0: dark thoughts character is very scary. Yeah, I that's know. That's very oh, spooky.
1: My, yes, my my <laughs> di- they, they are. Believe me, that's in my head all the time. And so last night was also. I was like, okay, well, you know, I can do. I can do tonight. You know, I get off of work at, at this at this time. Mm-hmm. let me know and that time came and he was and we had planned and he was like okay and there was there was nothing and i was like, I was like oh oh and he didn't hear you didn't
0: hear from him so you're saying got him. it
1: and i was like and i got in my car and i was like i was like fine i'm going home and i start driving and i'm like and i'm literally a whole story is in my head right you know of yeah. like how he is he is by himself or, you know, just decided he doesn't like this me. Is, and this I'm is a professional important. relationship.
0: This isn't even a romantic relationship. Correct. Which is the only time I ever do that.
1: Well, when when you think so, oh, power is a very interesting thing. Mm-hmm. When someone has power that it, that could be used for your benefit in any way, mm-hmm. they become more of like this thing this well, you, entity you
0: give them even more power than exactly. they already have that's exactly. what it is it's like so they've then, got a hundred and you give them a thousand bonus oh points God. for no reason you think i know you're, what you're dumb about. then
1: you think you're you're a not you know untalented cheap little actor girl
0: neil brennan uh who's one of my favorite comics put it really well when he talked about how he finally self-diagnosed himself as a star fucker That's what he calls himself. Mm. And he's like, not that I'm trying to have sex with celebrities. He's like, I don't mean that literally. He's like, but I overthink and overanalyze and overvalue my celebrity relationship. Sure. He's like, so he's like, there's something inherently, that no matter how good I get or what I achieve, there are still people in my life that are at a certain level that when i engage with them i'm like oh no what do they think what do they say you know it's and like it's I... not
1: just celebrity that's anyone of power of right. success. right i think
0: for him he specifically is saying that with celebrity that's where that comes from sure. for him but yeah. i will say the my favorite thing he said in that little section that i think about all the time is like and again i we're using celebrity but it could be like you said anybody in power no one behaves like themselves in front of celebrities even if you think you sure. do and even if you think you are you're doing your impression of what you think the normal version of you is when you're with them and i think that's true not just of celebrities but anyone who has a job to offer you or a relationship anything anyone holding that power
1: possibly yeah but back to what i was saying with this in this specific circumstance sure the telling of the story yeah like i created, To yourself i created this whole thing and you know what it was it was me literally devaluing me. Yeah. It had nothing to do because I can't, you can't, no one can control anyone else, whether it's someone of high power or a friend. You just don't think about your mm-hmm. friends devaluing you. Right. Only someone with power can devalue you. Right. Right? So when you when you're faced with someone of power, you immediately go to this place of on power and so i was telling myself these uh, then he's like i finally get like a slew of texts being like i'm so sorry i'm at dinner here he was at dinner he was at dinner. He didn't hear his phone. He's probably goes-
0: respectful and was like not looking at his phone while he was at dinner. Exactly. Yeah. It was such
1: a dumb thing. And then here I am being like, oh, I'm better than this. I get better than- i And then I literally just turned around the car and like told my boyfriend, I was like, is it OK if I meet this guy? And he was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm home whatever. And then I, I literally turned around the car and went right back. And it was just like how quickly, you know. Yeah changes and like your perspective changes and then totally in it's it's yeah we are our own worst enemies and the and and the thing the the best thing that we can do is take life less seriously in the beautiful way that we can and i think i think that's absolutely
0: right Magdalene. i think i think i think if you can just devalue all that stuff you put up on a pedestal in a lot of ways while also like still working towards something you care about. It's so hard but it's so important.
1: Well and you being proud of it. You know what yeah. I mean? That's all that matters. If you're happy and you're proud of your triumphs, mm-hmm. F everyone else, man. And
0: that's the key to I think doing so here's the thing that I think is true. So you're aware of this, right? You've got this whole awareness Yes, that
1: you, this is this is like six, eight, ten years of therapy. Sure, sure, so sure. So it's, it's come a long way. So at
0: this point, and I, I'm with you, I'm, I am feel like I'm in a similar boat from different experiences, which is when I'm doing that thing where my brain is going in overdrive oh, trying to yeah, write a narrative terrible. that I don't have, that I feel like I need, I know when I'm doing it now. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, I would be like, I'm going crazy, mm-hmm. and she's blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, dude, you're going crazy. Stop. Yeah. Relax. But have it doesn't. Pot, have some pot. Right, have Exactly. But it doesn't make it go away because they still have the power. And so long as you give them the power, yes. that is where the problem lies. And so I think the key is when you say like, you, you know, you've got to learn to chill. You've got to learn to like let it go and be happy mm-hmm. with yourself. Mm-hmm. Part of that is when you note, know, and this has gotten like, I've gotten excited and enthusiastic about this. When I notice someone else's power over me in any way, I find a way to destroy it absolutely Ooh, even if they have can
1: be that can be, mm, that can be dangerous you have to be smart
0: too. you have to be smart and you have to be diplomatic and you have to be politically savvy to do it yeah but even someone who is an executive producer yeah. on my show yeah could they fire me and 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 end my mm-hmm. working at this job mm-hmm. or my paycheck mm-hmm. sure but that's it that's all they have they doesn't. They can't change how good I am at my job. Yeah. They can't change how much everyone else on the show might mm-hmm. value me. That is the oh, only power that's they amazing. have. Amazing. Yes. They don't get to decide oh how gosh. valuable I am. Absolutely not. And if you know.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm. I'm clapping. I'm clapping. <laughs> because I, I. feel. I feel like that goes hand in hand with something that I tell myself all the time when fear. Yeah. Really, because that's what it is, is the fear that they, they're they going to hate you or right. whatever. Or the fear that they're going to, you know, I, I I get very insecure with my, you know, in my voiceover world. I've gone out a million times and like I've booked maybe like three times and I'm always like, oh my God, well, what if they're going to, are they going to drop me? And then, and then I'm faced with this question every time, whether it's my legit theatrical agent or whether it's, you know, anyone in power, casting, directors, producers, what are you going to do? What are you gonna do, Maggie? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I really You're wish gonna...
0: everyone could see your face. The character that goes with this. Yeah.
1: Well, it's my <laughs> I've got a little chin thing where yeah. like my my teeth my bottom teeth jut out. Yeah, the head kind of goes down into like, the shoulders. I love but it. But here it is. Okay. What are you gonna do? Yeah. You gonna fucking give up? Yeah. It's a little Matt Bullock for you. Yeah, you yeah. yeah. You fucking yeah, give you up? Yeah. You gonna fucking quit? Fuck yeah. no, dude. Are you fucking gonna quit? No, no, I'm not gonna fucking quit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you own that and after years of being out of school and like just knowing like, no, I've been right. doing this my entire fucking life. I'm not nothing is going to stop me. But I mean, maybe a baby. But that would I would be very, you know, if that happens, great. My new chapter in my life. Right. But like, honestly, and who
0: says that needs to stop it?
1: Well, exactly. Who says that needs to stop it? But who the only person that can say that? is yourself
0: right a hundred percent
1: hundred percent high five
0: yeah I love it I love it too um I want to ask you about one more thing before you go I actually want to talk to you for like five hours but we can't no I know Um, well
1: I'm literally just reading text right now I'm getting I'm getting some text from my brother at the moment
0: no worries I'm gonna gonna let you get to that very soon no I did um so I want to ask you about you fell into a little uh crew of content creators Oh, uh, I'm always
1: faced with this question, yes, I know, I've worked for some YouTubers.
0: This may not be the perspective of your previous interviewers that have asked about this.
1: Oh, gosh, ooh, Maybe. now I'm super excited. Maybe.
0: Let's go. I have a lot of feelings about it. Uh, not just your stuff. I, I, The notion of internet sketch video is mm-hmm. very interesting mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. So... I do stand-up now. I've been involved for like two-ish and some yeah. change years out here in L.A. I've got a lot of friends who do stand-up. Uh, most of them do something else also, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean just mean work, but like they're a comic, but they're also an actor. Mm-hmm. They're a comic. And they're also sketch. They're a comic, and they also do Instagram content, whatever. Wow. One of my best buddies out here is a guy named Stevie Emerson. He is a pretty successful YouTuber, Instagram guy, does sketch videos, stuff, very similar to stuff that I've seen that you've been in. Um, different in tone a little, mm. but not really. Mm-hmm. It skews really young. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a series called Dude, Where's My Jewel, where it's literally him and his buddy, like, and they're early 20s, this mm. guy's almost 10 years younger mm-hmm. than me, but he- I'm super
1: interested to hear where this is going.
0: For sure. I, I And I've, I've been wanting to talk to you about this for so long. Um, so- he, he did this series and basically at the end of the day because the series focused around electronic cigarette mm. they ran into some trouble because mm. they found out how young their viewers were mm-hmm. they didn't really know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they were just making their shit you know and they knew people their age who liked mm-hmm. it early mm-hmm. 20s mm-hmm, they knew mm-hmm. some er- older people but what they found out is their crowd's young mm-hmm. real young mm-hmm. like they're 11 and 12 13 14 yeah. year olds who love their stuff which is great that's great that pe- they're making content and people like it yeah. cool what they realized is they made a four-part series selling electronic cigarettes to kids. Yes. They didn't mean to. That right. wasn't what they set out to do. Exactly. They just made a stupid little video. Yeah. I say that because when we were talking like a year and a half ago, Stevie and I, and I was like, his Instagram was like popping and mm-hmm. mine was stagnant. And mm-hmm. he was like, if you really want to blah, 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 Instagram, mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. giving me all these tips. He's mm-hmm. like, you got to put content out this often, mm-hmm. make this kind of stuff. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to be amazing, but it's mm-hmm. got to be regular mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. got to be quick. Mm-hmm. And I've watched him, since he gave me that advice, do exactly that, which he was already doing, and blow up 10 times bigger than he already was then. Mm -hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. I was hesitant Mm -hmm. when he said it Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. Everything he was describing, I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't... Man, Mm -hmm. I don't... And Mm -hmm. I watched his videos, and I was like, I don't think they're that funny. Exactly. Some of them I like. Mm -hmm. But it it just doesn't hit my sensibilities. And not only am I 30, my head, I'm like 40. Like, I already feel old with my own people my age. So, like, the... The uh, I always forget Generation Z or whatever, the, the one below us, below mm-hmm. the millennials. I try, I don't get it, I don't get the humor. I, yeah. I, mean, I try, and it seems cheesy to me, yeah, like real sure. cheesy. I mm-hmm. go back and watch some stuff I liked when I was a kid, still funny, mm-hmm. but some of the stuff on Instagram and YouTube, man, I know. So one day, I met this guy who you know named Frank Cronin, and I met him doing stand up, yeah. And I went on his Instagram, and I saw a bunch of sketch videos. And lo and behold, my friend Magdalene is in a bunch of them. And I'm like, whoa, wait, what? Crash so, of the
1: world. Yeah, and I had no idea that you yeah. were doing that
0: kind of stuff. Yeah. And I went through it, and I uh, I was like, I wa- I probably watched like four or five that day when I found it because I was like, I was just trying to find sure. you. I was like, I-, I had no idea she was doing this. How many is she in? And you've been doing it for a while yeah. at that point um uh with Ray I should say William Johnson's who we're talking about um and it's so funny to me because I felt like and you tell me what your experience was like working on on those stuff uh not 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 just on the set because that I I feel like I could probably guess but like the reaction that you got via social media the reaction that it had on um the stuff, that you're trying to build otherwise, mm-hmm. like that's not probably the thing you came out here thinking that's gonna be the number one thing I'm gonna do, mm-mm, right? Mm-mm. But you did quite a few with them.
1: I'm still doing them.
0: Yeah. And uh, you sound enthusiastic.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Good. Uh, What's the question? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, my question is. I can only imagine, there's no way that Ray's audience isn't as young as Stevie's audience. It's the same kind of thing. It's gotta be a super young audience, right? Am I wrong um, about that?
1: I think the audience, it's, it's broad actually, but really? it is, it is. I can't
0: imagine, and I say this with lots of respect because I love you and I love Frank. You guys are both super funny. Those are the only two people that mm-hmm. I know in that group.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure everyone else in there is hilarious too. I cannot imagine a 30 year old laughing at any of those videos.
1: That, yes, they're not targeted for thirty year olds. right? No, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But they're not eleven. They're, sure, they're like the. It's very teen much stuff. Yeah, teen to twenty-year-olds. It right. really is. Um, yeah, and it's controversial. Uh, stuff that kind of. I mean, that's that's what sells. To that's what gets views is controversial, weird stuff like that.
0: Because I felt like you were – there's one video, actually, where I think they point to it pretty specifically, how you're kind of like the clickbait girl for that group in oh a God, lot of Oh, my
1: God. About two years ago, I was. Then I dyed my hair and everything changed.
0: Really? Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When you dyed it white? <laughs> yeah. I went, I went blonde. Blondie, yeah, blonde, blonde. Was, Platinum. Yeah. yeah. It was um, – how,
0: how did that change everything? Why would that change oh your dynamic God. in that? Oh, my God.
1: Oh, my God, Rob. That was a whole – that was a whole – Thing. I lost management. I lost friends. People stopped talking. You lost talking.
0: friends? No joke. Who gives a fuck if you go Targaryen? What's the problem?
1: Because everyone was like, oh my god. I would get people being like, Maggie, you know, voicemails. Why, you know, oh yeah, I, I mean, I love you now, but like, you know, your red hair. It was a thing. Whoa. It was a
0: thing. Fuck all those people. It was. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. If anyone listens to this who gave you shit about dyeing your hair, I can go fuck themselves.
1: It was that's uh, so stupid. I, I appreciate that. I also like still like uh, it's just it honestly. I I can't. It was the craziest social experiment ever and so much I hated it so much at the end I was so tired of it that I just kept going short and my boyfriend was like stop stop but like I just then I I just finally cut all the blonde out and went like boy cut for a while because Mm -hmm. I like did not want it in my in my hair I didn't I didn't want it uh but yeah so I was the hot dug it
0: Honestly, man. I'm not just I, saying that because you're here. I, th- I When I saw it, I was like, that's cool. And was, how bold of you as dude, someone who's already just, ha- always it, had the red hair?
1: Man, uh, yeah, exactly. And right. as a redhead, you're constantly told. It's part of your identity. You're like, never dye your hair, never do this. Right. And I was like, you know what? It's been 27 years and I've never dyed my hair. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so I did it. And then I basically didn't work for about a year and a half, two years.
0: That's insane uh, to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I lost my manager. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we I I was I mean, you'd think that they would realize that I have good talent regardless of what my hair looks like. But um yeah, so that's a journey. I still love her. I keep in I I love her very much and uh we still keep in contact. Um but you know, things happen and and uh and and you learn a lot about you know, people. I think But I know you wanted to talk about the videos. Um,
0: Well, I'll say one thing real quick about the hair thing, and we can go back to that. But I I, I will say this. I feel like um, I'm a big fan of the truth. Yeah. I've had bouts in my life where I was very deceitful. That's probably one of the reasons why I'm the way I am now. I'm more like if the truth is going to come out and break something, then it needs to be broken.
1: Mm, mm. well that's a good point
0: I really think so if it can be broken by the truth then it deserves to be broken well everyone
1: apparently (laughs) wanted to tell me the truth
0: well what I'm saying by that is I think in the same way is that anyone who would adjust their relationship to you Mm -hmm. based on your hair color Mm -hmm. if that led to like a fracture in that relationship or that person no longer being in your life or someone's like you know what now that you're blonde get the fuck out like good
1: yeah. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. going to break
0: over that, get them out. Yeah. I'm kind of like – I'm at a point in my life where if anything that I do – and I try really hard to be a good person, mm-hmm. all that stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm defining those things now. Mm-hmm. So I will accept – a conversation about how I might have made a mistake, but other than that, if you don't like me, hit the fucking road, yeah. and it's like...
1: Well, and then, I mean, it was Oh, you're not going to do
0: stand-up anymore? Ugh, this ain't my Rob Morris. It's like, well, then you can fucking go, because I may not do that anymore. Like, I don't know. I want to be able to do whatever I want. Exactly. And you're you, and you yeah. can do whatever
1: you want. Uh, yeah, and um, I think one of the things that I've really... So the audience that I have accrued has been pretty conservative. They are a more conservative... Interesting. Um, middle America, also globally. Like, yeah. there's a lot of like fans from like um, India and like it's literally across the board.
0: Do you have any way of knowing what you picked up from like uh, doing the sketch videos with like Ray and just like being pretty on Instagram? Because I feel like those bring in two um, audiences, right?
1: Honestly, a lot of it is is the the Ray the Ray fans. Got it. They like that. I'm pretty. Sure. But it's but the thing I mean, is, you're the hot
0: girl in all those videos.
1: Well, I was and uh, but yes. Wait, um, so you
0: went blonde and Ray stopped putting you as the hot no, girl? No.
1: I was still I, I. it it was different. He wasn't writing for the um for the pretty girl anymore got it or you know the girlfriend thing right? The brother- but okay. i still was i still was in them cuz yeah, yeah. Ray's, Ray's my buddy like we're 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 very we're good friends he
0: seems like the homie and we're, all the stuff i've said about his work no. i don't mean to disparage the fact that he's probably a great
1: dude no i i really he's a good friend of mine and i i didn't even
0: the fact that you two you and frank would work with him that's enough for me cuz yeah. i love you guys so i'm into it
1: yeah um oh man my train of thought what was oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so the audience um,
0: right, right, right right is
1: pretty conservative. So what I really like is I, I like to play a lot with cognitive dissonance. okay which, how do you do that? Uh, I'm quirky and right? weird, but when I put on like the extensions or like the hot girl stuff, I can uh, like look hot. And so I like to play with like my more maybe pushing liberal, uh perspectives mm-hmm. with that that kind of audience to just kind of be like this is normal people are like this and you you know example um i i honestly like anything from not wearing makeup to body positivity to overt racism to homophobia all of those i tried to you know If anything happens in the media, I'll say something on my Instagram or my Facebook um, and uh, kind of just push the envelope where people don't think that I'm like, I don't like to be overt. I don't like to start arguments. I like people just to know. There's no reason to fight, right? Mm. Like that's my perspective is like I'm not going to post on my personal Facebook Mm -hmm. and be like. I mean maybe I will Some people accomplish things that way I don't mm-hmm. um, My, I, The people that I You know want to Influence Are You know are, are on my pro pages mm-hmm. Because I mean I, I wouldn't I don't think I'd be friends with them If I met them in person
0: Do you think that if all of a sudden you were a little more bold With like your liberal attitudes on stuff They'd abandon you
1: not necessarily. I think that I'm at a point right now where I I have a good relationship with them. Like I really do. Like you have I have a
0: platformed actually. I have a platform. Utilize. I have like
1: about 40, 47,000 followers on Facebook, and they they're pretty active and they like they like me and mm-hmm. I talk to them. And um, I've only had one really bad experience where like I reposted something, and I literally got a message that said, "Gay people don't matter." And oh, I was like, I don't know how to – I don't know how to deal with this.
0: You know who's the best at that? Sarah Silverman. Have you ever seen the way she interacts with people? Mm-mm. She's she's made the news a few times where someone will send her a tweet or something or respond to something or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, retweet mm-hmm. something with – something nasty.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, she, man, she comes at him like Ashley Jansen. She comes at him like – she goes – over to their page she starts looking through their stuff and she's like i see that you've been out of work that sucks it's hard to be out of work it's hard not to feel like you have a place i want you to know that we still care about you you're still an american like and she and almost every one of those they end up coming back me like i was drunk I had a bad night. I wow. was in a bad mood. I'm See, sorry. See, she did
1: it with positivity.
0: Almost always. Amazing. And it's like, if you just come at it with See, 100% I, love, I, that's I, so disarming because they want to fight.
1: Yes. And I agree. And I did respond. I said, I encur- I, I mean, I wish I could have had the, you know, and gone and done a paragraph and looked at all their stuff. But like. Probably would have been too much. I did. I did. Yeah. I did. I did tell him. I said, I encourage you to love. And I just sent, like, lots of heart emojis and was just, I encourage you to love. Right. And then he was like, nope. I was like, I I, I can't do anything. And um, and so I blocked him.
0: So I feel like, I want to kind of sum this little section up as we talk about the, the internet content. Because, I, like I said, when I talked to Stevie a year ago, I was like, I don't want to do that. Now I'm trying to do it in a different way. Mm, mm-hmm. Because I do want that platform. I do want... I do want to cultivate an audience of people who are interested in the content that I'm putting out. I don't want to do the hacky thing and make things I think people will like. I want to make things I like, and eventually cultivate enough people who agree that that's good. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think it is. Um, I think it is so interesting that you know you go and you get this classical acting training, and at this point nine years later the way that that has manifested in you speaking to an audience is like via youtube to a conservative audience that you didn't totally know and facebook and you know social media like that you didn't totally know that you would acquire mm-hmm. via content that one might argue classical training was a little overqualifying for mm-hmm. but all the same here you are in that position and I think that I don't know I just think it all works together and I think we set when we leave school a lot of times like these expectations or ideas of what we're going to end up doing like the idea if you had told me nine years ago I'd be a reality tv producer Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I was trying to I was directing Shakespeare and taking it too seriously you Mm -hmm. know what I mean the idea that I would kind of amazing stoop which is sure a word I would use at the time as a yes. pretentious little fuck. Yeah, like totally. to shoot reality T V yeah. for a living. Yeah. But it's like I fucking love my job. Eight million people a week watch my show. Yeah, I'm not for, mad that's about
1: amazing. it. Yeah. You know what
0: I mean? And that's that's not me. There's twenty seven seasons that are going on before I got here. But my point is like And now even I, part of my social media following, are Dancing with the Stars fans Mm -hmm. who started following me because they saw me on set and hanging out with all of those people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not a lot, but a few of them are like, now they listen to my podcasts or now they watch my stand-up videos Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that we weren't talking about at school that maybe they're doing now or I I hope I would bring back, which is like – the interconnectivity of it all, because we, oh, we, yeah. we, study theater in such a bubble and theater itself is such a, it's only the people in that room who get to get it. Yeah. So it's like having a bigger conversation about how all these things can interweave and cross over. It's yeah, like. Yeah.
1: There is, there was none of that in school. Right. Um. Yeah. We and we really were the like end of the
0: classical era. There's new people over there. I don't know what's going on exactly.
1: now. Exactly. I know. I I don't know what it is like either. There's been
0: two deans since you graduated.
1: That's insane. Who's the dean now?
0: Scott Ziegler. Who is that? He's the new guy. He's the new, brand new guy. Don't feel bad. Brand new guy. Scott uh, Ziegler.
1: And he's drama? He's the
0: dean of drama. He took over for Carl. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Carl's still there. He's faculty.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I really hope that they... I mean, also, just the real world, man, it would have helped to know how to like. I feel like people tried so taxes. hard when they came
0: back and they were like, here's all the stuff that I wish people had said. But still, I feel like the exact same conversations happen on this show, which is like, well, you know, I, don't, I feel like it's kind of a boring question that gets asked all the time. But like, what would you say to people who are graduating? Someone will ask you that at the reunion. But what I hear constantly is, I wish someone had told me. Just real world, fuck all this artistry, how to get a job, how to get a manager, how to get a real world shit. Just be a person. Yeah. But that's what people said. They would say, don't forget to like be a person, have hobbies. Like people did say all that stuff. I just don't think we were listening. I
1: do, well, yes, that's a very We were good like, yang yeah, 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 yeah.
0: How do I get an agent?
1: Exactly. I know. I know. So maybe that's we, it. it. Was... Maybe
0: the advice is fucking listen to older people who are really trying to tell you some shit.
1: Yeah. Or just learn how to do your taxes. Or learn how to like apply for a loan or hire an accountant to do your or, taxes. <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like all How these... to
0: structure your student loans properly, stuff like that, man. That'd be amazing.
1: Yes. Will I ever be able to buy a house? Question mark. Question mark. Well, question I mean,
0: mark. unless unless you take that forty seven thousand to forty seven million. No. Not in this generation. No way.
1: That's exact dude, right Not here. Not here. Not
0: in this fucking town. And
1: I, I and we're not all going to be um, movie stars
0: that's why it's the 1%. We can't all be in the top 1%. Yeah,
1: but even I mean even less than the 1%, man. Let's just be real. Get yeah. a get a 35 you know, $350,000 home. Is that going to happen? Right. I don't even know.
0: Right, which it, you that's know what a, I mean? that's a moderately priced home at this point for e- sure.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like You really need to know what you're getting into and if you're going to be an actor accept it love your love your little cozy apartment you know with your cat or your dog and your boyfriend or your girlfriend that's
0: a tough part right because a lot of people who go to really nice acting schools come from a lot of money and then they get out and they're like oh my god i can't have the standard of living i had growing up being a rich kid because now i've chosen a poor person's profession for the next 15 years unless
1: your parent supports you which sure, but even
0: that's going to run out at some point. And if they are, and I really think this, I think if you get out of school and your parents still support you, the longer they do that, the bigger your chance you'll fail.
1: Yeah, that's well. I don't know. I, I hesitate I'd love on to that. meet some
0: examples of people who got supported for like ten years by their parents and then hit it big and made it. Fine. Well, there
1: are different levels of support. I mean, there's a support. No, you my know. mom pays
0: my phone bill because I can't. But I and I contribute to it. But that's like because she insists on it. We're on the same plan. It's you know. Well,
1: but also like if you need, I don't know. I I, I struggle with that too because I I've had, I I would not be able to do any of of this pursuit without some assistance from my family i wouldn't be able to yeah you know like to to pay for uh equipment and to pay for people's time you Mm -hmm. know like i'm producing my own stuff now which i didn't say but like i'm doing basically what you said i'm doing Mm -hmm. what i want to do now right and um and it costs money that i don't have Mm-hmm. No one ever taught me how to apply for a loan or that my credit needs to be good. Oh, my God. I'd only learned about that recently. Right. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, I get me started on it. But like that, that needs to be senior year of high school, not college. Fuck that. Because it's universal. Yeah. yeah. It's not taxes aren't just artists. We all need to fucking know how taxes work, how credit works. I mean, they should be teaching that like get rid of chemistry or whatever the yeah, fuck exactly. no one even the, needs. No. And how about you teach us how our fucking credit score works. You could teach a whole semester on a credit score. Right. An entire semester.
1: Teach me how to plan for like you know a retirement fund so that I actually right. have money even if I am an artist. Right. Like tell me to get an, like no one told me any of this real world stuff. Yeah. They just assume that you're going to be a you know a working actor. But and they
0: don't and I think this is the thing too and this is a little bit of what I think uh, the way our society works now in, in America and I mean it's been this way for a little bit but we've drifted away so far from a lot of um like civic service and civic duty stuff like they don't teach civics anymore in high school which is like how we're all supposed to interact with the government and uh my point being is that it is incentivized for the wealthy for you not to know how to do Your taxes for you to not know how to manage your money
1: very good point. because
0: the people who have the money
1: being able to pay off your student loans
0: Correct because they make more money off of you being ignorant and unaware of how it all works The banks don't want you to understand how interest rates work Absolutely not because if you really did you wouldn't fucking lend from them you'd be like wait that's predatory I'm not taking out that money They don't want you to explain it and if they do explain it It's in simple terms that make it sound like it's a great fucking deal and that's the other problem is because our society works in that kind of like Mm money-driven way, you and I as consumers are terrified that every business and every establishment is going to take advantage of us. Unfortunately, that's well-founded because a lot of them, most of them are. That's Mm -hmm. because it's it's like, well, do you want to bring home 20 million as a CEO package or do you want to pass that on to your workers and customers? It's like, no, I'll take the 20 million every time.
1: There's there's an enormous amount of super wealthy. Right, and they don't want us to get it. No.
0: And they work hard to, I mean, exactly they work hard to make sure people are in Congress and state legislatures right. and all that kind of stuff right. so that the kids don't learn. Kids don't need to learn how that works. Send them to work. Mm-hmm. Give them their shitty paycheck that's less than minimum wage. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Shh. You know? I know.
0: And that's, it's, I think, it's, it's our responsibility to scary tell the kids, you know? There has to be initiatives out there that are like, I mean, that, that's the thing I've thought I about. Would say,
1: I mean, honestly, I would say uh, to some people, don't go to school.
0: Oh, for sure I would say it. I would not. I went to, so I went to college, as you know, not immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was older when I went. And I went to one college first, dropped out, and then went to NCSA. Mm-hmm. My attitude when Brandon called me and said, you need to come to NCSA, you need to go back to college, was like, I have a job. Yeah. Are you fucking stupid? I know. I'm making money. You're asking me to come spend money? And Unless you're going to get what I got out of NCSA – which I wouldn't even say a lot of people at NCSA got out of it. Don't borrow the money, don't spend the money. And what did I get? A complete fucking turnaround in my life and perspective adjustment that, I mean, foundationally, and not just in like a, oh, well, I really learned, I really grew in a kind of, we all go to college. No, I mean, like full on rock bottom crisis mode, several times restart of who I was as a person. I wouldn't change it for the world. I still 45 grand. I'll figure out a way to pay it back. It was worth every fucking penny mm-hmm. because nothing else could give me that. Mm-hmm. I was lost, depressed, alone, no purpose, mm-hmm. no value. Mm-hmm. I got all that out of school. A lot of people don't. A lot That's of people amazing. go. They don't get any of that shit, which yeah. is fine. And if you're not going to get stuff like that and you're just going because you want a piece of paper that says undergrad, bachelor's, go get a fucking job. A 100%. I would, I would definitely say that. Um... You have any final thoughts?
1: Hmm. No, not off the top of my head. Not off the top of my head. It's a good chat. That was a good chat.
0: Thanks for doing it.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks
0: Magdalene Vick. I'll say your name at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been re- Magdalene Vick is a 2010 graduate of the School of Drama. At the Elephants is produced, hosted, and edited by Rob Morris in Silver Lake, California.